Aaron, we're back. Don. We're here. We are back. Finally. It's been like a month since we recorded episode three, bro. Has it been a month? It's been a month. That's actually a lot longer than it felt like it was. I know, right? A lot's uh, been happening. Oh, you can say that again. My goodness. Uh, just for the listeners out there, anybody who uh, hasn't seen what's going on on the... Uh, did you just burp into the microphone, bro? I mean, I burped, but it, I'm, the I'm leaving, picked I'm it leaving up. that in the recording. Everyone's going to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. Don't apologize. Just own it. I had some Dr. Pepper and some bacon. <laughs> so, you know. Breakfast fit for a king. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, man. That's right. That is right. Speaking of kings, <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody. Aaron is now officially a husband. So everybody yes. out there in listener land, today we're going to ask you all for some reviews on your podcast platforms, and we're going to ask you to type in, congrats, Aaron. Because yeah, me, and the, uh, me and the wife got married on the 4th of July. He's got the old ball and chain now. That's right. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, man. No, I'm super happy for you. And by the way, just just for the record, so that we are on the record and everybody knows the truth, because that's what this podcast is about, right? It's about truth, Aaron. That's right. Whose idea was it for you to get married on the 4th, Aaron? Well, you mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I made it happen. So whose idea really was <laughs> I think I think you just admitted that it was my idea, and you felt you had a small part to play. I said you, you had know, you I'm had a small vacation. role. Uh, this is my vacation period during life for work, and you know there actually is no better time to have a wedding and everything, so that in the future I annually have vacation during the Fourth of July week, and what better time to have an anniversary than on the fourth? You know, and that it was just actually, that was actually something I said was that you would never forget your what? anniversary. I said he did, you but I said <laughs> <laughs> I said it's a perfect time. You can go on vacations and mm-hmm. all that good stuff, and it's now, the perfect time. Let's let's like, tell about no how this conversation. Time. Let's tell about how this conversation started, Mister. I got sucked into what was it? Married at first sight. <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong? What's wrong with that? Oh, uh, nothing. Nothing at all. Okay, so back to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, I'm well, I'm super you, happy. I'm, I'm super happy for you guys. Congratulations. Thank it's, you. Thank it's it's super awesome. Okay. You know what's hilarious? Yeah. Ain't nothing changed. (laughs) (laughs) We were already together for two years, and we got married, and it's still business as usual. Something changed. 
I call her wife now. That's about all it changed. <laughs> you, well, you're going to have to go into work on Monday and change your uh oh, that's right. your yeah. stuff. That's a, yeah, that's planned. And more, more importantly, you are no longer living in sin. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not. I am cleansed. <laughs> yes, sir. No, that's Feel the uh, clean. Feel the clean. <laughs> <laughs> no, spiritually, I, I mean, I know it doesn't feel like anything, but I, I know that spiritually a yeah. lot happens when you get married. You know, you're yeah. now officially, in the eyes of God, the spiritual household leader, which is as it should be. Yeah. So you're just you're taking steps in the right direction, my friend. And I'm proud of you and I'm happy for you. It's fantastic. You see how this podcast has changed our lives already? Man, look at that. I uh I have a brand new truck. It's not as big as getting married, but uh through the enemy attacking us so much in that other truck, we ended up in a brand new one. So Hallelujah to that. Right? You just uh whenever whenever you're going through it, you just gotta hang in there and know that God has got your back and you're gonna come out better on the other side. And that's what that's I kept right. telling myself through that like month and a half, two months of just struggle after struggle. It got hard, but uh, yeah. we hung in there and we're better off. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Anyways. Wow. So in episode three, let's uh, let's let's talk a little bit about a few things there was uh there was a conversation we had in episode three about uh binding and loosing you remember us talking yeah. about that yeah so um it got a little bit more information about that real quick i just want to clarify when jesus was talking about binding and loosing and the spiritual aspect of it when you translate it properly what it actually means is forbidding or permitting so it's forbidding actions in the spiritual realm or permitting actions in the spiritual realm okay Okay, so it's not like opening a portal and letting a demon in right it's not like calling forth something from the abyss it's it's literally just you are in control as a child of god of what you will allow spiritual things to do and not do in the spiritual realm. Mm. So I just wanted to get a little bit more clarification. Um, that was, uh, I, I thought that would be kind of an important point to make um, just based off the fact that neither of us really sounded like we knew what we were talking about when it came to that <laughs> on the last episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> We're learning. We, we we had a discussion about what we thought. Yeah. You know, and um, there's nothing wrong with that either. You know, it it was kind of left up to interpretation, if you will, a little bit there. Um, but clarification is always nice. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Okay. So before we get into the rest of what we're gonna do here, I forgot to say. Welcome back to all the listeners. I forgot to say if anyone wants to share the podcast, that'd be like super fantastic. 
What do you think, Aaron? Oh, we'd love to have that. We would absolutely love that. And don't forget, leave us a, leave us a rating and review and say congrats, Aaron, on the ball and chain. And don't forget to uh, write us if you guys have any questions or anything. Um, Don knows the email address. Go ahead, Don. <laughs> it's it's super hard, Aaron. It's uh, e511podcast at gmail.com. There we go. <laughs> so, yeah, if anybody wants to get a hold of us, if you have questions, concerns, if you think we're awesome, you just want to say hi, e511podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah, Or if man. you think we're terrible, go ahead and uh, send Don some hate mail. Yeah, you can. There's <laughs> there's a delete button, and I am not afraid to press it. And maybe um, if you guys have any um, topics that you, you know, you heard something and you really want us to dig in on some stuff, maybe, you know, message us about that, too. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, uh, I'll keep, take those into consideration and then still do what I want. But I'll, I'll take. <laughs> you see, you see what I got to deal with. Here? Crazy. No, man, it's uh, it's it's fun doing this because, like, I kind of had a, a really good idea as to what we were going to do for those first three episodes, right? Because that was like really just yeah. laying the foundation for kind of what we're going to build everything else on. Yeah. And once we got through those three, I wasn't sure where where we were going to end up for episode four. Right. And mm -hmm. so I spent some time in prayer and just really searching God, like what should we do for episode four? Um, and it's interesting because I've got like three sections that we're going to, we're going to hit in this episode. And the first section we're going to talk about is the last thing that God laid on my heart to actually put in the episode. And it was because I went back and I listened to episode three again after all of the craziness that was happening in my life, I wanted to make sure that my brain was in the right spot for, for recording and, uh, and getting into this. And uh, I, I posted a little teaser on Facebook of uh, part of what episode four is going to be. And the very end of episode, very end of episode three, we, uh, we had a, a bit of a laugh about, the United Nations. <laughs> That's right. We did. I think I think I did see that post on Facebook with the little statue thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was just something I thought was interesting was that statue and comparing it to the scriptures that I posted. Um, for those of you who haven't been to the Facebook page, it, it looks like the beast described in Revelation. And it was sitting right out in front of the UN which I thought was after, after doing some research into the UN, I thought that was rather fitting. <laughs> so Aaron, let's, uh, oh, let's get into this, man. You ready? Let us get, let us begin. All right. So, I want to kind of set the stage for a little bit about, and we're not going to go super deep on the UN. I just want to basically back up what I said in episode three, when I said that the UN is definitely not the good, the good guys. 
And so I did a little bit of research. I've got a few things that we, I want to talk about when it comes to the United Nations. Um, hopefully this episode doesn't get us canceled because we're t- <laughs> hopefully we're not like deplatformed for talking about the UN. But if we it are, can't then... it can't cancel us. We're uncancelable. That's true. You, you only get canceled if you allow it. That's right. They can and deplatform, I... but we'll just find another That's platform true. if we have to. That's true. And well, I we'll think... just rename the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, I think Spotify is actually pretty good about you know allowing people to kind of say what they what they want to say. I mean, on the look, if, if Joe Rogan can talk about whatever he wants to talk about and all and that man, kind of stuff, that guy maybe... talks about some crazy stuff. He does, doesn't he? He does. So uh, if if they can have all that plus all the other stuff that I've discovered on Spotify, we should be good, right? Right. I mean, there's all kinds of garbage out there. We're out here spitting the truth, and yeah, uh, I think not, it's a uh, little more important. We don't have millions of listener lands people out there either, so I don't not, think Spotify really cares about that. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. All right, man. So let's uh, let's talk about the United Nations. Um, I want to lay the lay the basis here as to kind of what we're going to be talking about and why it's relevant right now. So, as Christians, we know that the book of Revelation lays out what is going to happen in the final seven years on earth before Jesus returns and crushes the head of the serpent once and for all, right? We know that. We know that that's that's called the tribulation period, right? Yeah. The main bad guy, what's he called? Satan, Lucifer, I mean, devil. Yes. Got many names. The main bad guy in the seven year period at the end. Um, what? Oh, man, man. I am, I am teeing this up for you. All you got to do is say Antichrist. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, turn your brain on, man. You, you know? got this. Come on. I I forgot all about that douchebag. See, you you married and you are your brain's already I, not working properly. You know, it's been a long it's been a long uh, couple weeks. But yeah, the antichrist. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, man. I I actually, man, I forgot all about that. That's crazy. Well, but yeah, you're gonna re remember this. Re remember. That's assuming you've forgotten it more than once, I guess. Anyways, main bad guy in those last seven years is called the Antichrist or the Beast. Uh, And we know that the Beast or the Antichrist will be given the authority to rule all of the nations of the world. Okay, that's what it talks about in Revelation and some of the other prophetic scriptures about the end. Uh, Basically, it's talking about a one world government. Okay, and there's one ruler over that one world government at the end. Uh, The Antichrist is also going to be hailed as a hero. Many people are going to call this Antichrist the Messiah. He's going to sign a peace treaty with Israel, ushering in a short time of worldwide peace. But he's also going to go on to require that people worship him and the dragon. Or 
Lucifer or Satan or whatever you want to call him. Couldn't be more obvious, could it? Right? So, as we know that from Scripture, and I didn't want to get into the reading of all of that because it there's a lot there. I just kind of it's wanted a, to lay the, the foundation of the picture of, of kind of what we know is coming, right? Yeah, it's a hefty chunk. So basically, we need to be on the lookout for anybody calling for a one-world government and anybody calling for a one-world religion, right? Yeah. Makes sense? It's pretty on the nose. Okay. I am going to read you a quote, and then I'm going to tell you who said it. Okay? Okay. And I quote, We are grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other great publications whose directors have attended our meetings and respected the promises of discretion for almost 40 years. It would have been impossible for us to develop our plan for the world if we had been subject to the bright lights of publicity during those years. But the world is now more sophisticated and prepared to march towards a world government. The supranational sovereignty of an elected, of an intellectual elite and world bankers is surely preferable to the national autodetermination practiced in past centuries. So that's the quote. Basically, this guy is like, I'm going to boil this down in a nutshell. He's saying, thanks to the people in the press that we have in our pocket for not reporting the truth of what we're planning behind the scenes. Because if the public knew about this, they would stop us. That's, That's basically what he's saying. And then, and then he's saying a world government of intellectual elite and world bankers is preferable to nations monitoring themselves. You want to know who said it? Uh, I'm ready. That was a quote from David Rockefeller in an address to a trilateral commission meeting in June of 1991. I'm going to read you another quote from Mr. David Rockefeller, and then I'll tell you why I'm quoting Rockefeller here in a second. <clears throat> and I quote, Some even believe we are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure one world if you will if that is the charge i stand guilty and i am proud of it so basically how old is rockefeller well this is david rockefeller i'm not quite sure his age but uh the Rockefeller family is quite the rabbit hole that we're not really going to dive into right now. Mm. But the reason mm. there's a reason we're talking about them. <clears throat> so anyways, that quote was basically him saying, some people believe that we're trying to set up a one world government. 
And if that's and the, we are, <laughs> and, and if that's the charge, then I'm guilty, and I'm proud of it. Yeah. Right. So obviously, Mister Mister Rockefeller here is calling for a one-world government. In I mean, both of these quotes, they're definitely setting up the foundation, the grounds. You know. Yeah, and you know, based on what we talked about a minute ago, we know that that is setting the stage for the end, right? Yeah. So why am I quoting David Rockefeller? Well, I assume because he's the one that's giving out the information. <laughs> On October 24th, 1949, the cornerstone was laid for the UN headquarters building near the East River in mid-Manhattan. Nelson Rockefeller, who is David's son, I believe, or David's dad, arranged for the purchase after an initial offer to locate it on the Rockefeller family estate in Westchester County was rejected as being too far from New York City. The $83.4 million purchase, as adjusted to reflect current dollars, was funded by Nelson Rockefeller's father, John D. Rockefeller, who donated the lands to the city. The Rockefeller family helped to found and fund the United Nations. In the future, I would love to do an episode about the Rockefellers and their ties to evil throughout history, but I'm not going to do that right now. So, in other words, this person is calling for this one world government and is really blatant about it. Yeah. His family started the UN, basically. Like, they're, they're the ones leading it. They're the ones... Paid for it. Yeah, I didn't mean. I didn't know that. I figured. Um, I mean, the more you know, the more you know, right? But I, right. <laughs> I figured that the UN was just you know, governments coming together and saying, "Hey, we need you know, to be all on one page for things." You know what I mean? Like that's what you assume it's there for. Yeah. But in all actuality, right? It's really ground zero for evil. <laughs> it, 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 you have no idea. Let's put it that way. I'm going to read you another quote from somebody else. No one will enter the new world order unless he or she will make a pledge to worship Lucifer. Oh, my. No one will enter the new age unless he will take a Luciferian initiation. That's the oh, quote. My. That was spoken or written actually in a book by a man named David Spangler. David Spangler was the director of Planetary Initiative, which was a department of the United Nations until they got too much pushback about openly having a Satanist as a director of one of their sections. And so they've actually completely gone and erased everything having to do with that section of the United Nations. Mm. Also, David Spangler, the one who I just quoted, was a disciple of a woman named Alice Baylor. Alice Baylor founded the Lucis Trust. Okay, I'm going to talk about what the Lucis Trust is here. Sounds like a bank. 
It's not. The Lucis Trust is dedicated to the establishment of a new and better way of life for everyone in the world based on the fulfillment of the divine plan for humanity. Its educational activities promote recognition and practice the spiritual principles and values upon which a stable and independent world society may be based. Mm. The Lucis Trust was originally called Lucifer Publishing. Oh my. They're really throwing it out there, ain't they? Today, the Lucis Trust has deep connections with the United Nations. By the way, if you're wondering where I'm getting this information, it's directly from the Lucis Trust website. Oh, well, that's Lu- just lovely. So the Lucis Trust is actually a religious organization that has extremely deep and close ties to the UN. Mm. Members of this Lucis Trust organization, or religion, I should say, are some of the biggest members in the UN right now. In future episodes, we may dive down the endless rabbit holes provided by the Luciferian United Nations. But for now, I really just wanted to prove that the UN is definitely not the good guys. Oh, man, that's that's tough. (laughs) (laughs) That's tough. You know, and it it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like you, you have to worm your way in to power, right? And you start setting up your key figureheads early on and through time. You know what I'm saying? You build on that, and it's it's tough, bro. Like, and you know, as just a regular civilian hearing all this, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like well, we should just go burn that building down. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, you can only do so much. Spotify, if you're listening, we are not calling for violence. Disclaimer, his views are off. It was a metaphor. (laughs) 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 Oh, my goodness. Um, But it's like, you know, I feel like, you know, a lot more people should have this information. Obviously, I'm hearing about it for the first time, right? And obviously, this is big, big um, government stuff, right? And yeah. you really should know about this stuff, but you don't know about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the, and, the stuff that we're talking about here when it comes to, like, the Lucis Trust and the United Nations is quite literally the the tip of the iceberg, it, oh, I'm sure. There is so much. As I was reading through their website, especially like the Lucis Trust website, that is already setting themselves up as a world government religion, basically. Mm-hmm. They outright go on to say in one of the articles that they've published that they believe that Lucifer in the story of the Garden of Eden that Lucifer was the good guy for trying to bring information and freedom to humanity and that God was the bad guy because he didn't want the humans to have that info. Well, that sounds dumb. It's really dumb. It's really, really dumb. 
because I mean, you look at it. Well, I mean, obviously you can't justify these people, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, once you have the knowledge of good and evil, right? Okay, for one end, you have the knowledge of good, and that's great. You know what I'm saying? But then you have the knowledge of evil, right? Mm-hmm. And once you know evil, right, you do evil. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if yeah. you didn't know what evil was, right, or you know what I'm saying? Like, if you didn't have that kind of concept going through your mind, if you're a pure-hearted being and all of a sudden somebody floods you with all these evil thoughts and emotions that you never had before eventually somebody somewhere is going to start acting on those things, right? And there's no way that that can be good. You know what I mean? Like, it it sucks, you know, that that's (laughs) where we started, right? Yeah. But it is what it is, you know what I mean? And, like, that's the biggest battle of them all because you can be a great person, right, and still have to battle your inner thoughts and things that just pop up in your mind randomly you know what i'm saying and you kind of have to battle that kind of stuff off yeah it's it's really interesting when you look at what a lot of theologians and and christians refer to as the the nature the sin nature that is in humanity when you think about it literally like the bible talks about how we are born into sin yeah. And think about it, man. You you have a, a young child right now. Yeah, she's one and a half. Did you have to teach your child how to lie? Well, she can't really talk yet. Uh, okay, <laughs> so she's not quite there yet. Okay. No. Did you have to teach her how to? I'm sure she has. She's had a temper. She's probably like. Hauled off and hit upset. you in the face, right? No, like, yeah. Uh, she never like she never got frustrated and kind of gave you a little slap or anything like that. I know a lot of kids do no, stuff like that. No, not really. I mean, she gets upset and has her little okay. Well, when she when she doesn't get her way, but when, when she starts talking, especially with every human being on the planet, it's very obvious that you don't have to teach them how to be bad. No, you don't have to teach them how to rebel. You don't have to teach them how to lie, cheat, steal, right? This right. stuff, this stuff comes natural to humanity. What you have to teach them is how to do good. Yeah. What you have to teach them is how to have morals and stand for truth and all of the all of the good things of the Bible, right? So right. it just like that's your biggest picture that you're ever going to get of the fact that we are born in the sin now. We are, we do have that nature. Um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. And it all came from the deception in the Garden of Eden that the loosest trust people who are tied in with the UN are saying is good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Because if I, you don't have that guidance, you know, you'll, you'll do things. You know what I mean? Because, oh, yeah. like, um, you'll, like, for instance, like, I'll pull this out of my childhood hat, you know. <laughs> uh, I was with my father and my brother, and we were going into Meyer, I think, one of those stores. Mm-hmm. And we had to get something, you know, and we're shopping, 
and you know i'm i don't know five six i don't know somewhere around there well there was a package of superhero underwear and it came with a comic book on the inside right mm-hmm. as like a little you know a, a, a buy me gift you know and it was open the package was opened already and i was like huh so i just grabbed <laughs> The, the book out of it you of know of course of course your first crime in life was stealing a comic book of you course. know <laughs> for those who know me i'm a huge comic book fan superhero <laughs> guy action figure all posters i got it all anyway uh, so i grabbed this comic book you know and i'm thumbing through it you know and i'm enthralled by this this little book right and yeah Little dad, I'm just following dad blindly through peripheral visions as I'm <laughs> reading and going through this booklet, right? And we purchase all our stuff and we walk out and we're in the parking lot. My dad turns around and I'm still nose deep in this book. He said, where'd you get that book? And I'm like, huh? <laughs> he said, you stole that. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> you know, I didn't even think about it. I, I, you know, I wanted it, and I just was all in it, and I right? didn't even think about it. You know, and and I, boy, did I get in trouble for that. You know what I'm saying? I bet. But it it can be just that easy. You know what I mean? To oh, do yeah. stuff, you, you want something, and you're enthralled with it. Next thing you know, you you'll go, you'll have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it it gets wild. And that's just you. one that's just one little thing, obviously, but you know, as a kid, you you don't I mean you do think about stuff like that, but sometimes their your need for want, yeah. right? Yep. Can be so great that you'll you'll do things <laughs> to make sure that you get it, you know? It's like, oh I I know if I don't say this, I'm definitely gonna get in trouble. So you're gonna say the opposite thing, you know? Right. And, and it's just that easy for a kid, I feel like, you know, until you really nip that in the bud real quick as an adult to a yep. small child, they'll just keep doing it because it feels like you're going to get your way. You know? Yeah, it's and, you know, as you get older, as you grow and learn, you come to the understanding that doing the right thing most of the time means doing the harder thing. Yeah, it definitely is. You know? But the reward is always that much greater yeah and the reward of doing the wrong thing and the easy thing is usually pain and suffering that just builds and builds and builds right i think that's why our society is so full of people that are struggling with depression and all kinds of stuff yeah anyways i digress we've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole here which is which is kind of what we do isn't it we're on it episode is. four now. Like, this is what we do. We we rabbit trail <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. That's okay, though. It is. It is. So here's the second thing that I want to do with this podcast today. And this will be the last time that I, like, in an organized manner, give a recap. But I want to go from the beginning all the way up to where we left off at the end of, you know, episode three. And I'm, I'm going to basically just retell the story. I'm not going to go into any of the scriptures. 
if people are listening and this is the first episode that they're listening to, we suggest you go back and listen to episodes one through three because they build on each other. You will get all of the background information uh, covering the, the scriptures that talk about everything that I'm going to lay out here. But basically, this next section is going to be like story time with Don. Okay? I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to lay out the story, man. So that we are completely all on the same page. I know it's been a month since we recorded episode three. And I want this narrative that that has happened through history, I want this to be fresh in our minds as we get into the next thing we're going to talk about. Okay? All right. All right. So get comfy. (laughs) Here we go. In the beginning... When God created the earth, he was accompanied by high-ranking individuals of the angelic species known as his divine council. These members of the divine council are often referred to in scripture as the sons of God. In the heavenly kingdom of God, the divine council has been given authority to lead and rule, answering only to God. After God created Adam and Eve... He gave humankind dominion over all the earth. This means that anything that takes place on earth must be done under the dominion and authority of mankind. This dominion, gifted to us by God, is enforced by God and the heavenly hosts of his kingdom. Adam and Eve were then visited in the Garden of Eden by one particular member of the divine council who had rebelled against God referred to as the serpent, but commonly called the devil, Satan, the dragon, Lucifer, etc. The serpent persuaded Eve, and Eve persuaded Adam to disobey God. The consequences of this act of disobedience and rebellion were that God would put enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. This is the beginning of the seed war. God also made it clear that there would be one from the seed of the woman who would defeat the serpent, a coming Messiah. The serpent is smart and cunning and hatched a plan to stop the Messiah from coming to defeat him. But he knew that for this plan to work, it would have to be accomplished under the authority and dominion of mankind on earth. Otherwise, God would put a stop to it. A serpent knew that if he could eliminate mankind, there could be no Messiah to stop him. And he would have effectively usurped the authority of mankind on earth while also proving God a liar. Somehow, the serpent persuaded and enticed a group of 200 members of the divine council to rebel against God. These sons of God were lusting after the daughters of men and jealous of humanity's ability to marry and create families. So, this group of 200 divine council members, also known as the Watchers, as they are referred to in the Book of Enoch, descended onto the summit of Mount Hermon. There they made deals with men, effectively offering to mankind knowledge and technology in exchange for the men's daughters' hands in marriage. This was done legally under the dominion of men. These unions between human women and angelic beings resulted in offspring. These half-human, half-angel hybrids were known as the Nephilim and were giants. Over the course of the next 1,000 years or so, the Watchers and their Nephilim offspring 
set themselves up as gods and kings who ruled over and enslaved humanity. Eventually, these Nephilim were consuming all the food and resources that humankind could provide, resulting in the Nephilim eating humans either through human sacrifice or by force. As the DNA of humankind continued to be diluted and polluted, the Nephilim started to pollute the DNA of animals as well. Then the souls of the human beings who had been wronged by the Watchers and the Nephilim began to cry out to God, prompting him to intervene. By the time that Noah was building the ark and preparing for the flood, the Bible tells us that all flesh had been corrupted. Noah and his family were the last people with a pure human genome. This is how close the serpent was to eliminating humanity and stopping the Messiah. When God intervened, he locked up the watchers under the earth until the day of judgment. He then flooded the world so that humanity could multiply and prosper I lost my place. Multiply and prosper unhindered once more. The souls of the Nephilim giants who died in the flood were not permitted into heaven because they were evil, unnatural abominations to God. Instead, they were cursed to roam the earth without fleshly bodies, but with all the lusts of the flesh. These cursed Nephilim souls were referred to in the Bible as unclean spirits or demons. But the Nephilim were found to still be on the earth after the flood as well. The serpent hadn't given up. At the Tower of Babel, God decided to separate mankind. He did so by putting a new group of divine council members in charge of the nations as gods. This group of the sons of God rebelled against God as well and led mankind away from God and instead had men worship them. They rewarded evil and punished the righteous. As a result, God told these divine council members that they would die like men. Later, when Joshua led the Israelites to wage war on the inhabitants of the Promised Land, they were fighting against tribes of giants and human-giant hybrids. The serpent and his rebellious angels continued to do everything in their power to undermine the plan of God and stop the Messiah from coming. They led huge populations of humanity to worship anything other than the one true God, and the center point of pagan worship and power on earth remained throughout the ages surrounding Mount Hermon. They continuously waged war against and enslaved the people of Israel, but none of their schemes worked. Jesus was born and performed many signs and miracles. He taught humanity how to reunite with God, but the serpent and his minions still couldn't understand God's plan. One day Jesus took his disciples to the foot of Mount Hermon. There, at a place called Caesarea Philippi, in between the gated cave known as the entranceway to hell and multiple pagan temples, Peter states that Jesus is the Messiah, the true Son of God, and Jesus confirms it. Then Jesus and three of his disciples climbed to the summit of Mount Hermon, the very place where the Watchers descended thousands of years before to carry out their plan to stop the Messiah from coming. It is there, on that mountain, that Jesus is transfigured, Moses and Elijah appear, and God himself speaks from heaven, saying, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Okay, that's that's where we were. Sounds like an awesome comic book when you get Man. Like that. That is the greatest story ever told, Aaron. How dare you? <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. It would be the most epic comic book of all comic books. Because I am... If only it had uh, really cool illustrations to go with it. Right? I mean, if... uh, if the Smithsonian weren't covering it all up, you could go look at some of the skulls and skeletons of the giants. You know. But, I mean, that's kind of another episode, I guess. There's really one part of that that I I really would like to do a whole episode on. What part? The, the part where the angels came down and made a deal with mankind and giving them knowledge and technology. Yeah, we could uh, we could dig into that sometime. Where to like that, going, going that into the little, Book of Enoch, and it it it, that, it gives you yeah. some detail, but I think the way we would have to go about that would be to look at the evidence that we have throughout the world with like the megalithic structures, kind of like what we talked yeah. about in episode three. Yeah. And that, how, yeah, that little nugget right there, to me, holds a lot of information. Um, and I, I've been doing a little bit of research here and there, you know, and I've come across some, some stuff, you know, and, um, I had came across somebody talking about, um, I'm pretty sure this was in the book of Enoch, but I haven't read the book of Enoch, so I don't know for sure, but it talked about, I think it was like up to 12 angels and what they had given humanity. That is definitely Um, in the book. And I I really kind of want to get into that portion right there because some of that stuff really changes the world to where we are now, Yeah. right? And there's just a lot of good information in that that little chunk. So, I mean, we don't have to do it in this episode, but in a episode, to me, that is a great point that I would love to talk about at some point. Maybe... Maybe that will be the first episode of E five eleven that is led by Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Aaron gets to do the research for that episode. Oh man. <laughs> you better you better break out the, the book report brain. <laughs> oh my. That's homework. I hate homework. <laughs> oh man. We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Oh. I, if I mean I I don't know how well I would do in, in leading a whole subject, but I definitely have a lot of cool or um a lot of talking points about it that I find very interesting. Listen, um, listen the stuff. If you try to lead the podcast and it's trash, I just won't post it, okay? That's crazy. Does, does that make you feel better? <laughs> maybe maybe I'll just throw you the cliff notes and, you'll, and you can organize it. <laughs> yeah, the cliff notes are like, read the book of Enoch. <laughs> I probably should read that thing. I got to oh, find man. it. Where can you find the Book of Enoch to read it? Because I would love to do that. So check this out. There's this magical device that you hold in your hands, and yeah, you can yeah. type in the Book of Enoch on this on this this screen called Google. 
Okay. And okay. and you'll find like 150 different places you can download it for free. All right. Cool beans. That's all I needed. I, I, I mean, it's super hard to figure out. I mean, I figured you might have had the goods. I, you know what I mean? <laughs> I thought you were uh, going to be like, uh, you know, just hit the old... Um, the, the audible you know what i'm saying it's right <laughs> there, up in there there are audible versions you can do that um yeah man it's it's out there you can find yeah. it i'm gonna i'm gonna get into that maybe you that's should. where i'll find my cliff notes and stuff actually that is where i'll find my cliff notes. <laughs> <laughs> so gotcha all right i just wanted to get that out there that i wanted to do it i don't know if the listener land people out there would be curious about that information as well Email us. Email yeah. Aaron at. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> at e511podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, anyways, I, you know, I went through the whole thing. Again, I didn't quote any of the scriptures. I just wanted to sum up the entire story, beginning to end, talk about all the facts that we've we've pulled from scripture. And um, I want to go on a little bit from there. Okay, I'm ready. We know that Satan didn't understand that Jesus would reclaim the nations through his death and resurrection. Otherwise, they never would have put Jesus to death. Had they known that that was going to be the fulfillment, they never would have done it. They thought they were winning by killing him. This was not the end of the story, though. The serpent now has one last opportunity to try to win this war against God. But since the Messiah has already come, the devil is no longer focused on stopping him from being born. Now... His only opportunity comes in the form of all-out war with Jesus and the kingdom of heaven when Jesus returns. You agree with that statement, Aaron? Sounds factual. Because it is. That's right. So I kind of wanted to break this down a little bit so that we can kind of part of what I want to do with this podcast is enable ourselves more deeply and the listeners to be able to use some, some more critical thinking skills when it comes to what is going on in the world around us. So we know that the enemy's last resort is going to be war. Now we need to understand that this isn't fictional. This is absolutely real. This is something that's going to happen. As believers and followers of Jesus, we know this. So let's think about war for a minute. To wage war, you have to have an army. To build an army, you have to have three different things, right? <clears throat> you have to have power or leadership. You have to have a population who is either loyal and willing to wage war, forced to wage war, or deceived into waging war. And then, of course, you have to have weaponry. You got plenty of that. 
So as as followers of Christ, we must view current events through the lens of our enemy. As we filter what is happening in our world around us, we will find that most of what you see on the news is serving the serpent as he prepares for war with God. So how does the devil gain the first thing we talked about? Power or leadership on earth? Well, that sounds like the United Nations kind of so chunk we talked about. The United Nations is definitely uh, probably going to have a role to play. But we know that the devil still has to abide under the authority and dominion of mankind here on earth, right? That yeah. still hasn't gone away. That's We still have dominion here on this planet. That's what God has given us. Nobody's taken that away. Therefore, the only way for Satan to gain authority is for man to freely give it to him. Right. It's, this is accomplished through the worship of humanity. Anytime we worship, we are abdicating our dominion and authority to whoever or whatever we are worshiping. When the leaders and rulers of nations and peoples direct those nations and peoples to worship anything other than Jesus Christ, they are handing over their authority to the serpent. In today's society, the serpent is not lacking for power and authority. He's already got that. Man. We've Man. handed it right to him. Another way for us to uncover and expose our enemy's plan is to understand that he really only has a few tricks up his sleeve. He continually reformats and disguises these tricks but at the core, it's always the same old story. So now, I'm going to tell you another story. On the afternoon of February 20th, 1954, President Eisenhower went missing until he was spotted the next morning at a church service in L.A. The media during that time went crazy and rumors that the president had died began circulating until his press secretary, James Haggerty, told reporters at a press conference that the president had damaged the tooth cap while eating fried chicken and had to undergo emergency surgery. A local dentist was later presented to reporters who claimed he had treated Eisenhower. Interestingly, at the Eisenhower Library, which reportedly has extensive records related to Eisenhower's health, there are no records that he ever underwent dental surgery in February of 1954. So where did the president really go that night? Well, according to several whistle, 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 <laughs> several whistleblowers, <clears throat> including... William Cooper, a formal, uh, former naval intelligence officer, uh, Gerald Light, a writer, Charles Suggs, a retired U.S. Marine Corps ser sergeant, John Lear, a former Air Force pilot, and Robert Dean, a former intelligence officer. The president was whisked away to Murak Airfield, now known as Edward Air Force Base 
to attend the first of what would go on to become several meetings with extraterrestrial beings. These meetings were said to conclude on Holloman Air Force Base with the signing of a treaty. This treaty was an agreement between the Gray aliens and the U.S. government that allowed the Greys to abduct and perform medical experiments on U.S. citizens, and in exchange, the Greys would furnish the U.S. government with advanced alien technology. Does that story sound familiar at all? Yeah, sounds like a... Sounds like the angels in the in the in the uh, the mankind agreement, right? I mean, beings from elsewhere descending to Earth, making a legal transaction with mankind, trading technology for the ability to corrupt the flesh of humankind. Yeah, this sounds, sounds pretty close. It's the same trick. Just presented with a different mask on. What the Book of Enoch calls watchers, we now call extraterrestrials. Oh man, that that that's got me thinking, right? And getting some of these juices flowing from other stuff that I've listened to in the past and whatnot. Okay. You said the date was nineteen fifty four. Yeah, right, February twentieth, nineteen fifty-four. Okay, now, do you recall the date for um, the Roswell incident at all? I believe Wasn't that it was also in the fifties as well. No, it was earlier. Was it earlier in the forties? It was. It was, uh, it was in the forties. Hmm. Now, okay. Now, if my memory serves correct, I could be totally wrong on this, but like around the 50s and stuff, right? That's where we started getting a lot of technology for um, like, uh, oh man, like the, I want to say like Ethernet cords, but that's not it. Fiber optics. Um, fiber optic cables and like things of that nature started really becoming prominent around that time, right? You know what else became prominent? People claiming that they had been abducted by aliens. You know, like there was a lot of that kind of stuff happening around that time. And that's that's actually kind of wild to right. think about, right? To see how some of that stuff really starts to translate into like our real world view of like when a lot of that crazy technology started really popping up in the 50s you know i mean just thinking about fiber optic cables and how using a light to transfer data right like Mm -hmm. that that's wild stuff to think about you know and it's just like oh somebody's just like hey we're gonna use light to start transferring data like (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean that's that's one aspect of it what what I really want to hit home and and the next episode that we're going to do is going to be diving deep into the alien abduction phenomenon 
we're going to be shedding light on this portion of the serpent strategy to wage war with God and annihilate humankind in the process. That's going to be our next episode. We're going to dive real deep. But as we as we start to wrap up this episode, what I want people to start noticing just in the last what year or two we have had our own government come out and say ufos are real we have recovered ufos we have reversed engineered these spacecraft and now we've got a a whistleblower just within the past few weeks coming out and saying they've also recovered biological material. This is all in the news. Now, we know that the news is not necessarily the most trustworthy these days, right? (laughs) A lot of them them are bought and paid for. Yeah. There's a reason that we are hearing these things now. There's a reason that it is these stories are starting to ramp up. And it ties in with a lot of other things that are going on in the world right now. And so as we go through like the alien abduction phenomenon, uh, maybe in the near future, we might do an episode about artificial intelligence. Um, There's a whole lot going on that's all tied together. And it's all leading to the crescendo of the tribulation. And I want to help other people fully grasp and understand that the seed war isn't over. There are things going on in our world right now that tie all the way back to the Nephilim. So we're going to we're going to start to dive into some of this stuff and we're going to keep pulling on this thread but i want everyone to listen with an open mind because i know a lot of people just kind of brush this stuff off but there are thousands of people that have had very very real experiences with beings that they perceive to be extraterrestrial There are thousands of people that have had experiences with ghosts, experiences with demonic entities, experiences with cryptid creatures. It's all tied together. And I mean, like, alien stuff as well, like Bob Lazar is a a nice nice little chunk of information uh, regarding alien spacecraft and things like that, supposedly working on and reverse engineering a lot of the technology coming up with um, isotopes and things of the nature for energy yeah for flying them and it's you should check him out he's yeah, got for, some crazy stuff to talk about yeah for those listening bob lazar came out in the 90s i believe is he yeah is either the late 80s or the early 90s um he came out publicly stating that he had worked in an area of area 51 called s4 that his particular job was trying to reverse engineer the 
aspect of uh, an unidentified flying object that made it go. Basically, the generator. He, he was tasked with figuring out how this thing makes energy. Uh, but when he things started to kind of go sideways, the government was starting to come after him. And he figured the best way for him to protect himself was to go out publicly and kind of expose what was going on. He has been ridiculed yeah. for 30 years now. Yeah, they came at him hard. I mean, to the point where, like, they erased all of his schooling records and everything else. Yeah, yeah. But crazy now we have the, the government saying, oh, yeah, we have recovered craft and we have reverse engineered them. So Bob Lazar's story is about a thousand percent more credible today than it was when it came out back then. So those yeah. of us who have believed him since before the government admitted it, we're feeling a little bit of justification right now. Yeah. But yeah, no, for those listening, if you haven't watched, uh, there's a, a documentary called uh, Bob Lazar Area 51 and Aliens or something like that. Um, but it's a, it's a fantastic documentary about Bob Lazar and his claims and what he's gone through. Also, I think he did... Uh, an episode of Joe Rogan where Joe yeah. Rogan interviewed him. That was a really good episode too. It was really good. I listened to that and I was blown away by it. Absolutely. There's a lot of good stuff in there. So yeah, man, we are, we are going to be diving in to the really deep end. This is, this is the stuff where if we didn't have the foundation and believe it, we would think we were crazy for believing this stuff. But I'm to a point now in my research and the things that I've learned that the more fantastical a theory sounds, <laughs> the more likely it is actually true and that it's actually a piece of the deception of the enemy. Because our world right now is filled with deception and once you dive into this stuff and really search God and ask him to give you truth and understanding you start to see these pieces of the puzzle being put together and it's incredible so again that's that's why we call this thing E511 Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11 we are going to be exposing the evil deeds of darkness. You got any final thoughts, Aaron? Well, it was a good one. You know, we got into the United Nations and a little bit there. Um, we recapped on one through three and the fantastical story that it is mm -hmm. um and you know getting into some of these more outlandish places i know some people have a hard time with it but you know once you put it into the right lens right yep. a lot of it makes a lot more sense you know and you know sometimes aliens and stuff like that can be hard to believe but once you flip the script on what they call aliens and things to almost like an angelic presence 
or something along those lines, mm-hmm. it really kind of sets the tone in a different type of way, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's... I, I said in one of the earlier episodes that, you know, a lot of Christians, when they hear about alien abductions, just they pull demons out of their God box and they slap it onto there and then they just don't think about it anymore. I think we're called to think about this stuff. I think, you know, assuming we already have salvation and we already know who Jesus is, because that's obviously the most important aspect of our faith is, you know, the the story of Christ and how he has redeemed us from sin. So assuming that we know that, we believe that, and we are walking with God, the next what what's the next most important aspect of our faith it's to tell others about it and part of that is we're inevitably going to be fighting a spiritual battle as we walk with Jesus he fought spiritual battles his whole life we are called to do the same thing and if we're going to be fighting spiritual battles we need to know our enemy I know a lot of Christians like to say, well, I don't even want to look at the darkness because I'm going to focus on Jesus. Of course, focus on Jesus, but realize that Satan himself took Jesus and tempted him in the wilderness. He's fighting spiritual battles. So if you're, yeah. even if you're just focused on Jesus, you need to understand there's an enemy out there who's real, and we are called to fight him as well. We are called yeah. to expose the fruitless works of darkness i mean you just look at the way the world's changed in just the past 25 years you know and like what's currently happening today with law and what's going on in the school system is wild you know like to the point to where like i i don't even want to send my daughter to public school you know, with a lot of the information that's coming out of these schools, um, with taking God out of schools and, you know, really starting to try to indoctrinate these young children with these wild beliefs, Yeah, man. you know, and, you know, what better way to, you know, hurt mankind than going for the children, you know, and really messing with their heads, you know, in first grade, second grade, kindergarten years with these teachers who are just out there, you know, and just wanting to teach what they want to teach outside of school curriculum and what kind of school curriculum is in school. And as parents, like, you really need to be on top of some of this stuff, you know, because, um, like, you're not in the classroom every day. You know, you don't know what these teachers are saying to your children and how they're trying to indoctrinate them into their own beliefs, you know, and like just some of the bills, like, you know, what was the Florida bill that they're trying to mess with? The What is it? I mean, they call it the don't say gay bill. Right. But, you know, it, even, the, even though it nowhere in the bill says that. Yeah. No, I don't remember what the okay, actual bill called. Hold on. Hold but, on. Pause. Pause. Mr. I'm not political. In episode three, now you now all of a sudden you're talking about bills being passed in Florida. I mean, it's, 
I did I did say I'm not super political, right? But <laughs> over the past like few weeks, I guess, I've just been kind of like going through this journey and stuff with this podcast is, you know, having me looking at things in the world with a different type of set of glasses on, right? And just kind of looking at some of what we talked about with the spiritual warfare and whatnot and how that starts to translate into the world I'm currently living in and what's happening here. And, you know, with my daughter, you know, at, you know, a year and six months, you know, I have to start looking at things that I never looked at previously before because now I am her protector. You know, I have to put her in a school at some point. Or, you know, that's a decision you're going to have to make, right? So you have to start looking at different landscapes and stuff you never really paid attention to, right? And so, like, with school stuff and, like, um, you know, they had, a, a, like, a book, a, 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 like, a pornographic book, right, in a kid's library. I think it was, like, um, uh it was in a few different grades, but it was in libraries across multiple schools across the country. I don't remember what this book is called, but it's like a children's book, but it has, you know, all kinds of sexual pictures, how to have sex, you know, gay sex, um, you know, all kinds of just crazy stuff in a library in like, you know, a first grade library, Yep. you know, and like Parents wouldn't really know that that book's in there and that these kids are looking at this book. But, you know, I can't remember what the book's called. But if you go and type in the name of that book, you can find a list of all the schools that it's in. And it's in a lot of schools, you know. Well, and, there's there's more than one book. Yeah, there's Not a few just books. One. There's, there's, I just know this particular yeah. book. But, I mean, I'm sure there's way more. But, you know, parents really need to look at what kind of information these schools are trying to divvy out to their children, you know. And this is kind of where my mindset is because, obviously, my daughter's going to be needing to go to school. And it's like I live right next to a school, the school that I went to, right? And it's like do I just send her, like, you know, within a five-minute walk to the school right here in my backyard, you know, or should I – consider homeschooling or you know something along those lines you know because it's like i don't know what they're teaching my child in that school you know because i'm not there every day right so yeah it's um it's it's interesting for me to hear you say that like just you know the first three episodes that we've done together has expanded your mindset to the point where you're now starting to look at things in the world that you never really looked at before. Yeah. That's, that's the power of truth. Yeah. And it's, it's not easy truth. The things that we're talking about, like even the first three episodes, it was hard for me to believe that stuff when I first started digging into it. Yeah. But when you, when you do, see the truth for what it is and accept it even though it's inconvenient you have no choice but to expand the way you think and the way that you see the world around you and it's really cool that you know as as i've been able to kind of lead you down that path so far that this is happening to you in the same way that it has for me 
And I hope that the listeners out there are experiencing the same things. I encourage everyone, as you go through our podcast, do your own research. Because this stuff, we're not just, I'm not just pulling this out of thin air and just making this stuff up. Like this stuff is out there. And there's, there's a few others that are talking about this stuff on a public scale. And I think that there's an awakening that's happening as we're getting closer to the end. When that's going to ha- I don't know if that's going to be like two weeks from now or if that's going to be a hundred years from now. Yeah. But I know that every day we're a day closer. I know I can see the world's landscape changing, right? And yeah. just from when I was a kid till now, the world is a totally different place from the music you listen to, from what you see on TV, to what they put on Netflix, you know, to how people talk and communicate, you know, and just with the internet and social media and all that kind of stuff. Because I'm not really on social media, not really. I mean, I have it, but I don't really use it. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of the stuff yeah. on there is just geared to work your mind and warp it into a place that, you know, it it's almost like a like a brainwashing simulator, you know? Yeah. And it just keeps you focused on these trivial things and stuff, but you get on there and you just see all this crap, you know? Yep. And it's just like, is this what you people just love to talk about like on here like and like it's it's just like i i'd much rather not <laughs> you know what i right? mean i there's way more bigger things happening in the world if you freaking just unplug and get yeah. out of social media and stuff and look at what's happening in the world around you you know what i'm saying because it's changing and it's changing day by day subtle by subtlety bill by bill you yep. know yeah and becoming a place that you're not going to recognize by the time you finally unplug from that phone, you know, <laughs> and you're like, whoa, <laughs> stuff's, stuff's happening right now. You know right? what I mean? Yeah. And, I mean, it, the, the rate at which our society and the world around us is progressing towards destruction is baffling. I, yeah. I think it's unprecedented. Except for maybe in the days of Noah. It's like people are helping it get there and they don't even realize what they're doing either. You know? And it's like yep. baffling to me, you know, like how, you know, a lot of people talk about, I mean, I wouldn't say talk about, but like you have your people who talk about their faith and stuff. And then you realize there's a lot of people who aren't even in, in a, some kind of faith or religion or anything, you know? Yeah. And they just they're just walking down this path of just fire and brimstone, you know, and they're just really just taking people with them, <laughs> you know, right. and they don't even see the destruction they're causing, you know. But when through this podcast and everything else and you look at stuff through a different lens, you're just like, man, just check out all these people and their mindsets and beliefs and things through social media and everything else. Just leading these people you know, right yeah. to the gates, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know trying to take the world with them. The, the Bible, there's a scripture in the Bible that says there is a way that seems right to man, but the way thereof is death and destruction. 
and when you when you really ponder that particular verse that scripture it means that as human beings in our flesh in the world that we're in there's a way that seems legit like it seems like the right thing to do it seems right but it's the opposite of that it literally leads to death and destruction and as we see the things going on in the news or on social media the things that seem right the the things that people are saying this is the right thing to do this is the humane thing to do this is the the moral thing the kind loving thing to do chances are if it's not grounded in Christ it's that path that's leading towards death and destruction and i think it's time for us as christians to wake up to that fact that just because something might seem compassionate doesn't mean that it is yeah just because you know something seems like you're you're just trying to help somebody to accept who they are it's not actually helping them accept who they are it's helping them accept a deception that leads to death and destruction and we see that everywhere around us and that's part of what we want to fight against with this podcast now as christians we are called to do this in a manner that is loving towards those who are deceived in a manner that is truly displaying the life of christ through our own lives towards these people that believe these things right yeah so there's it's like a balancing act that if we were trying to do this on our own we would never ever be able to do it we would either yeah. fall off one side and go down that path of destruction ourselves or we would fall off the other side and fall into bitterness and anger and contempt for the rest of the world and we're not called to be on either side of that we're called to be in the middle of that and love people despite their deceptions yeah and just be lights of truth yeah oh this one's been a, a little heavier than i thought it would be well i mean to be fair like when you start talking about god and and everything that comes with that it does get heavy you know and the world is a heavy place there's a lot of things happening in our world right now and over the past few years that is heavy, you know, and you do have to have these kind of conversations, right? Right. And, Absolutely. you know, a lot of people, you know, might want to hear it, may not want to hear it, but they need to be talked about, you know, and hopefully through this podcast, you know, we can help people open up their minds to start having these kinds of conversations and seeing these kind of things happening in the world, yeah. which, you know, person by person, you can change the world, you know, but obviously we know it's not going to change. Yeah. Yeah. I was, better, I was just going to, I was just going to say that. You can, but you know, the world's not going to change for the better. If anything, it's going to get worse. But what you can do is change your 
individual mindset to be in the right place to handle the darkness and things that around you that is happening. You know what yep. I mean? And set yourself up to be that shining city on a hill so that others can come to truth and light and love the same way you have. And we all know that truth and light and love is all Jesus. That's right. Right? So let's, uh, let's end this episode on a, a note of hope. Because as dark and as horrible as this world is, as bad as the things around us get, as much as the enemy attacks us and breaks down our semi-truck, <laughs> <laughs> we have hope. And that hope is that we know that this story ends and we know how it ends. And as followers of Christ, we know that we're on the winning side. We have the victory. Absolutely. So... I want to encourage everybody, if you're listening to this podcast and you feel that you're not prepared for some of the things we're going to be talking about, because this podcast is just going to keep going deeper. We're just going to keep exposing the darkness. If you're feeling that way, I highly suggest that you start talking to God a little more. Because he's there. He wants to hear from you. He wants to have conversation. He wants to have relationship with you in a deeper manner than what you have right now. And when you do that, he will prepare you to expose the darkness and walk in the light and have peace through the whole thing. Let him work on you. It's been happening in my life. I can see that it's been happening in Aaron's life. The brand new husband. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and how great it is, you know, like <laughs> my life's changing, Don's life's changing, you know, all for the better. You have your hard times, but you know, you're going to just keep getting better, right? And sometimes to be better, you have to trudge through the muck and the dirt and the grime and get some cuts and scrapes along the way. But when you come out, you're going to have tougher skin, you know, you're going to be having scar tissue and you can take that, that lump next time with grace because you've already been through stuff, you know, yep. and you're going to come out the other side feeling better, looking better, you know, and, yep. and you but, know, just let God work on you. And it, it gets tough, but at the end, you'll be key, better off for it. The key to it though, is to stay in that Bible. Yeah. And to stay on your knees. Because if you are talking to him and you're allowing him to talk to you through that word, if you're staying focused on that through the midst of the trials, that's when you come out better on the other side. But if you walk away from yeah. that, if you let the trial get the best of you, what's going to happen and what has happened over and over in my life and over and over in Aaron's life and over and over in every single believer's life is that you are going to circle back around and face that same trial again. And if you let that trial get the best of you and you walk away from your relationship a little further, you're going to circle back around again and come back to it. Don't let that happen. These trials kind of suck. <laughs> so <laughs> so get, get on your knees, get in the word, and 
just cling to Christ as he helps you through that. Because when you come out on the other side, clinging to him the way you should, you're better off. And you're not really going to have to face that particular trial in that manner again, because you've overcome it and you're better and you've grown. Right? That's right. All right. So I think we're at a really good stopping point. We've preached enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this has been a good episode, though. Next time on E511, diving into the aliens. That's right. And be on the lookout for uh, Aaron's leading topic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it because that'll be a, a week that I don't have to. <laughs> I don't have to prepare that week. <laughs> so you just let me know when that's going to happen. And we'll make it. I have happen. to. I have to do some research. It might be about maybe uh, maybe a episode six, <laughs> maybe episode six or episode seven. Oh man! No, that's awesome. All right. Well, everybody out there in listener land, once again, if you're liking what you're hearing, if uh, if the light of truth is shining on you and you are embracing it and you're liking what you're hearing on the E511 podcast, please share the show. Share it with your friends. Share it with your coworkers. Share it with your enemies. Share it. That's, that's the biggest thing that can help us right now is we are a tiny little podcast just trying to grow. Also, if you want to contact us, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you have a story, maybe for this next episode, if you have had an encounter with aliens, if you are, are one of the thousands of people out there that have experienced the alien abduction phenomenon, I would love to actually have a listener story that I could read at the beginning of the next episode. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But if, if God is calling you to share your experience, we would love that. Send us an email at e511podcast at gmail.com. Anyways, I think we're uh, I think we're out of here. Have a good one, listener lands, and keep being you. Bye, everybody. Until next time. Very long, guys.